You are listening to the most comprehensive source for news and views about today's unions. This is LaborUnionNews.com's Labor Relations Radio and your host, Peter List. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Hey, thanks for turning on and tuning in to Labor Relations Radio. So some of you listeners may recall back in June or at the end of June, I had a couple of guests on who are Trader Joe's employees from Hadley, Massachusetts, named Michael Alcorn and Les Stratford. And it's been over a year now since they have been unionized, and we had a a robust conversation about that and some of the experiences they had had during the union's campaign and since the union's campaign. Well, over the last few months, it's been relatively quiet. However, over the weekend, I saw a news article, and then there's one posted again today uh, entitled, Some Hadley Trader Joe's Workers Pressed to Decertify a Union. And I'll just read you a couple quotes here. 16 months after the Hadley store became the first Trader Joe's in the nation to unionize, a group of workers is calling it a failed experiment and is pushing for decertification. Crew members at the grocery store are accusing the union of spreading misinformation and trying to drive a wedge between workers and management. Quote, the constant defamation against our captain, our mates, and our employer has become tiresome and unjust. End quote. The group stated in a release Friday announcing the push for decertification. So knowing that this was going on, I asked Michael and Les to come back on to Labor Relations Radio and talk about what is currently occurring. So without further ado, here's Michael Alcorn and Les Stratford. You are listening to Labor Relations Radio. Well, Michael and Les, welcome back to Labor Relations Radio. It's great to see you again. Thanks for having us back. Sure. Well, yes, you guys, thank you. you have been very busy, apparently. I, I saw an article out of <clears throat> excuse me, Mass Live. I think over the weekend that it it appears as though uh, you're working on the decertification effort of Trader Joe's United. Yep, that's great. Yes. Yep, so, exactly. <clears throat> excuse me for the listeners. Could you just do a quick kind of recap? One of you do a kind of a quick recap on what's transpired, how long you've been union <clears throat> unionized, etc. When was the vote? The vote was in May of 22. And uh, I guess the papers were done in August uh, of 22, or, you know, the certification papers, I want to say it. Uh, and uh, I can't think of what else. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so we had our vote uh, in 2022 for the union, and it was certified in... At the end of July, or maybe it was August 2022. And just over the course of the year plus, we just have not felt that this union has been representing us well or representing us fairly at the bargaining table. Um, and has also been very secretive about what they do. So we felt excluded and felt like it was a bit of a rogue group of people kind of doing what they think they should be doing for us rather than actually getting a consensus of, of the workers in the store. Um, so it, it kind of just felt like it was a campaign that was going on 
outside of the workplace and had really little to do with a lot of us there. So we have decided it's finally time just to kind of, uh, I mean, quietly we would have conversations with people about the fact that we were disappointed in the union, some of the stuff that they would say to the media, some of the unfair labor practices they would file against some of our mates in the store that we felt were unfair and being used um, inappropriately. And so there were things like that going on, and a lot of us were talking about that. Uh, but now we've decided we're not going to be secretive anymore. That's what the union did, and that's what they've done all this time is be secretive. And we were like, no, we're going to be open about this. We are not happy with this union. We know there are other people in this store who are not happy with this union too. So now we're just going to be open about it. Let's have this conversation up front together. Nobody needs to be secret and secret anymore. Uh, we don't have to be like them. We don't have to be hush hush and quiet and hide from each other. We can be open about this. And so we, we, we let everybody know we're decertifying and we've got some signatures coming in as we speak via a QR code that we were able to create that, that allows people to do an electronic signature. So yeah, we're moving forward with decertifying the Trader Joe's United for our store. To recap a little bit, Michael, you had gone to one or two bargaining sessions, if I recall, and got booted out of one. Was that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Les went to the, to one of them with me too. And okay. uh, the second time they, they uh, had the hotel security escort us out. Because you're so loud and boisterous? Nope. Nope. Not <laughs> at all. We were, we were quiet. We didn't do anything and we had no intention of interrupting or interfering with the bargaining at all. Uh, we just wanted to see what they were doing at the bargaining table for us. Um, and that's why we went. Uh, and apparently they didn't want us to see what they were doing. Yeah, they didn't want to be watched? No, yeah. They didn't want to be watched. They want to give, like, their own sort of update of what happened at bargaining. But we didn't know if we could trust it, so we wanted to see it for ourselves. Have they closed that off to everybody except for the people at the table? Yeah, I think so. Um, initially, there was like more of a message of anybody can come to the bargaining table. Anybody can, you know, this is our union. Everybody has a voice. But when they kicked me out that second time, me and my other coworker, um, things had changed. And the union president said, now I decide who is on the bargaining committee and who can be here. Okay, for, for a recap for the listeners, the union president is a Trader Joe's employee? Or, yes. Okay. Yes. And have you ever figured out if they're affiliated with another union or is it a, quote, independent union? Honestly, we still don't know for sure. We know in the beginning they were definitely uh, had Workers United working with them, maybe just to coach them, maybe, maybe not after they lost to the first New York store, the Workers United kind of, you know, left. Okay. That's pretty much that's pretty much all we know about the the history. It hasn't been a Yeah, well there, you want to say it. it hasn't. And in the beginning we knew that they were working with Workers United. 
SEIU. We knew that SEIU was funding the campaign. But the way that the organizers uh, talked about this was that the union world, people just donate help to each other. Mm. So the SEIU is just donating some help to us. You know, it doesn't mean we have to join the SEIU is what they were saying. And then we know that they left Workers United because they said that Workers United had screwed up some paperwork last year in regards to our bonus, our retirement bonus. So they blamed some errors on Workers United and said, we're not going to work with them anymore. So we don't know who's helping them now, but the the idea is that all these different unions are helping them, but they, they claim that they're not going to be affiliated with any union necessarily. So the union president that you're talking about a little while ago, was that person elected or was it self-selected? Like, was there an election for union officers and who's going to be representing you at the bargaining table? Well, it was all done like in one meeting. There was no like nomination per se. It was just, I think he actually, they ran uncontested, right? Or on a, no one else. No, there was, they had a Zoom meeting, uh, which was going to be the first official union Zoom meeting after certification. I was working at the time, so I couldn't go. I'm pretty sure Les was working, too. Uh, and so a few people went. I think the total amount of people that showed up at that first meeting was about 25. And nobody knew that there was going to be an election of officers at that first meeting. There was no notification that that would be happening. So within the meeting, they said, oh, we need to elect people to these offices in the union so we can start doing our work. And people in the meeting were like, shouldn't we let everybody in the store know? Because there's only 25 of us here. Shouldn't we let everybody in the store know we're having an election for officers, give everybody a chance? And um, the union organizers were pretty much just hard bent on just putting in their people. Uh, they already had it. They already had a plan. <laughs> I think they knew who they wanted to run the union. They wanted to just keep going in that direction. Um, and uh, I think they tr- somebody tried to nominate another person for president, but that person declined. So then the union president was uncontested. How many? And it was just based on that election with 25 people in that first Zoom meeting. That's how the union president was selected. And this was before there was technically a union or a constitution or anything that tells you what does it mean to have this union president? What is the power that this union president will have? They didn't even create a constitution and present it to the Department of Labor until March of this year. So that was six, uh, uh, seven months after they elected that president. So people were kind of forced into electing the president, but didn't know really what that would mean. And then it wasn't until there's actually a constitution from the union that you understand what sorts of power the president has. So this is a little technical, and I don't know if you're going to know the answers, but I'm asking for a reason. How many total people do you have in the store that wound up getting unionized, roughly? Uh, Roughly 85. And so they did a, a Zoom meeting, invited only those, they didn't, invite everybody they just invited a few is that right they posted well, no, I mean, a paper and 
and on the bulletin board inviting whomever. And there's there's an election that occurred via, I guess, voice acclamation on the Zoom meeting. Yeah, pretty much. And no, and and the announcement that there would be officer elections was not made public until people got on the Zoom meetings. That's correct. Right. Interesting. And do you know if the at that time was there any quote union members like actual card carrying members or was this before people were afforded the opportunity to become members? I don't know. It was, it was shortly before I mean, and after the election. It was, was shortly after the certification or after the election. Okay. And I mean, to this day, we don't, we've never seen any paperwork of, you know, what makes you a member of the union or not, or how to do this or that. I, I've not ever seen anything like that. I'm asking this only because there's, I'm pretty sure the DOL department of labor has some pretty strict rules on how officers are elected or whether there's fraud involved and things like that. And that's why I was trying to flesh that yeah. out a little bit. Well, they do. Um, but they are giving this union a pass. How do you yes, do that with exactly. the law? <laughs> right. Well, they say that, well, it, apparently within the law, it does state that a new a new union is allowed to kind of elect its officers however it wants in the first round. And is there anything, I haven't looked at the union's new rules and all that stuff, but is there anything with regard to the term of office? Um, I don't remember exactly. I think there is. I think maybe it was at three months after there's a contract, they will hold another election. Oh, and if there's never a contract, that person could be in there forever. Right. Interesting. Yes. I'm sorry. I dig- I digressed in terms of going down a rabbit hole that raised my curiosity. <laughs> That's okay. So. No, it's interesting. And it's interesting because a lot of this information is, again, this is information that, we don't know as workers at Trader Joe's, you know, who didn't work in a unionized environment. We had we have to go digging and find all this information for ourselves, which just seems really odd. Like workers should be empowered and know this information. We should right. know what our rights are. Someone should be telling us, what are your rights? What does this all mean before we even have a vote for a union? Well, I think you've, You've been experiencing this long enough to realize that the unions don't necessarily want workers informed. Right. And, (laughs) you know, if you've got a candidate on the ballot, why, you know, why pick apart that candidate's flaws, so to speak? So it makes sense from the union's perspective. Keep workers dumb and, oh, I'm probably going to get backlash for saying that, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's. It's true. I think, you know, I also feel like the organizers were kind of being fed a certain amount of information by the people funding the campaign from the SEIU or whoever else in the union movement was giving them the information. They're giving them partial information, just enough to inspire the people to vote for a union 
or think that they need to create a union, but they're not giving them all the information. Right. And we certainly didn't get any information. And the union kind of, the union organizers really tried to frame themselves as the answer. We have the answers. Don't ask Trader Joe's, don't do research. We, we know everything about organizing a union, so you just rely on us. So that put us in a vulnerable position. Well, I know based on the articles I've seen and we've posted on laborunionnews.com, I know there's been some charges filed, the unions filed charges against the company and, and like this back and forth on that. I don't know that anything's been resolved. However, you guys have, and your cohorts have been primarily kind of in limbo for the last year, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Do you know how, like how much they're meeting, you know, they're back and forth at the bargaining table? Are they meeting once a month or anything like that? Less. I mean, it's been, it's been a while that since they've met, but I, I'm sure it's coming up soon when they'll be meeting again. Um, not privy to when their yeah. next date was. Yeah, we're not really. Um, I know that the last, when I was kicked out, I think it was March. And I'm pretty sure they didn't bargain again. Less, do you know when they bargained again after that? I honestly don't think it's been since March. You know, it's if there's been another date, we never heard about it. Right. So since March, <laughs> they have not been bargaining. And the last thing we heard was that they were trying to force Trader Joe's into some sort of hybrid, as they call it, bargaining, meaning like people could be on Zoom and anybody could come into this Zoom meeting. I don't really know exactly what they were asking for, uh, but whatever they were asking for, I think Trader Joe's was maybe resistant to doing that. And I had heard from the union president like, oh, Trader Joe's won't let us broadcast negotiations which is one of the reasons why we don't think you should be here. Um, so the union or people wanted to be able to broadcast the negotiations, I think. That sounds similar to what the SEIU Workers United are doing at Starbucks. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's probably. a bunch of charges that have gone back and forth. After they've unionized all the stores at Starbucks, They the union has wanted to do kind of a hybrid approach, but also combine all the different stores. And right. Starbucks is saying no to that. And in fact, right. filed charges against the union for refusing to bargain. But that tactic right. sounds very similar. Yeah. And so, and then <laughs> again, this is a union that's not doing anything for us. They don't even want to bargain. They want to play these sorts of, this is how we bargain now. We're changing how we bargain. And then they don't come to the bargaining table from March to now. I mean, it's just another example of how this union is doing nothing for us. So let me ask you, I saw you've, you folks published a video, I want to say is a few months ago, right? You and, and some coworkers right. got together. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And kind of told your story. Less you launched a website. Do you want to share that with the audience? Um, well, I had, from the time the union was first announced that they were going to be doing a vote, and uh, some of the first articles came out, and there was so much 
mistruths in the articles that I was like, seriously, how can you not be telling the truth? I mean, how are you going to try and win something if you're not telling the truth? So I did. I uh, I registered the TJ's truth domain and, and held on to it just because, you know, eventually the truth is going to have to come out. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I had the domain and uh, did the videos and we put them out on social media and and wanted to have a place to kind of have the collection of all the voices because uh, honestly, had it not been for Michael's article uh, that he had released um, in this podcast, I don't think we would have had any voice at all and any help at all because we really felt like uh, we could not figure out what what to do first, what what uh, what path to take, and yeah. you start reading all the legal. The, all the legalese and you like it, it can be a little intimidating very much so yeah well it was that first article michael that you wrote that les is referring to that i was like oh i gotta talk to this guy and yeah you know it's such a well-written article and then having you both on is illuminating because a lot of people don't have your experience having experienced it for the first time right and you know there's a lot of activity going on and a lot of workers getting sucked into unions without even getting the information, which is kind of what happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, it felt like somebody has got to hear, um, from the other side, you know, there are a lot of us in this store who do not like this union and we do not feel fairly represented by this union and we've stayed We've stayed in our jobs and we've done our work and we show up to work five days a week, Some most of us. And, um, you know, we're not giving up. <laughs> this is our workplace. And uh, the union needs to represent us fairly if they're going to stay. Well, let me ask you if, so let me, I'll come back to this in a second. So over the course of the last several months, you've started obviously talking to your coworkers saying, how do we get rid of this union? You've got the website up, you've got a QR code where workers are, your coworkers are signing to decertify. Yeah. Now I think, and I don't know if anybody shared this with you, I think there's going to be a delay to your ability to decertify the union because of all the charges that have been filed against the company by the union. Right. Like right. those that we refer to those as blocking charges because they're blocking your mm-hmm. right to vote the union out. Right. As an if, and I guess it's a possibility. I don't know that this would happen, but as an if the union were to get a contract with the company, and this would be more of a legal question. I'm not sure the answer of, but I think because you filed, if you were to file a petition it would prohibit the contract from going into effect until you had an election. Hmm. I'm getting a little bit wonky on you, but it's, I'm saying this to just kind of be aware of it. Um, yeah. The, the board processes have to work themselves out first. Right. Yeah. We're aware of that. Yeah. Okay. And that's, and that is interesting because um, we didn't realize that the ULPs would have, an effect on our rights as workers, but they do. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and and the NLRB under Jennifer Abruzzo is not going to make it easy for you because she's obviously in the pocket of the unions. Yeah, right. Uh, so I've heard. Yeah. Well, and also, obviously, we you brought up Starbucks earlier, and we, we keep an eye on what's going on at Starbucks because um, it's similar. I mean, there's quite a few Starbucks that have tried to decertify or are in the process, but the NLRB is hold, you know, they're, they're not Locking. able to get that decertification until the NLRB investigates the multitude of ULPs that the union files, which have to be investigated. So yeah, we're aware of that, but that's why we just wanted to kind of open it up and say, okay, you know, before we get into this hang up with the NLRB, let's just all at least, um, be open and honest about how we feel in the workplace and let's voice uh, our opinions here. Have you had much turnover with the employees that originally voted for the union? Like, have, are they still all there? Or did they leave? Uh, uh, quite a few of them have gone. Not everyone, but uh, we, we have lost <clears throat> some people on that side of the decision. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we've all, but we've also lost some people on our side that just moved on because it did change the dynamic of the workplace. Right. Which was, which was unfortunate, but you know, we, we are, you know, we're, we're shooting for the 51%. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Uh, and I think that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely it. And I think we can get it just based upon how the union has been acting. You know, people are not happy with this union. Yeah. Um, So I don't worry about us getting to that 51%. And for the listeners who may not have listened to the first podcast we did, you guys are not anti-union. Like, right. Yeah. You know, you live in blue collar Massachusetts and union towns, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just the way this union has presented itself for you. Or to you, I guess. Right. That's right. So, and I don't want to dig too deeply into what you guys may want to hold private, but do you have other employees that are jumping on board with you saying, let's do something about this? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, we've been, I mean, we've definitely been uh, getting signatures uh, since Saturday when we announced it, there's been a steady stream of people saying, you know, I'm with you. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. I think that the message is also really the the, the best message here is we just want our happy workplace back. We want to get back to just how it was without this stress of the union and the animosity with the company that it's created. And, you know, I'm going directly to people who voted for the union and just saying, you know, here's where we are. Haven't you had enough of this yet? Wouldn't you rather just go back to how things were? They were better. We were all happier. Um, so, so that's our message, too. Let's just get back to the good stuff. How have they responded to that message? I think they're open to it. I think it's hard for people to to say, oh, yeah, 
I definitely made, you know, I, I voted for the union and now I've changed my mind. I think it's hard to make that switch because obviously it took a lot of thought and feeling to decide to vote for the union or not. Uh, so it's hard to, to sort of let go of the hope that you might have had in voting for a union. So, I mean, the response is like, yeah, I know it's, it's kind of a weird time, you know, that's how people feel. I think they are, they're battling it in their own minds as well. Well, that was the other thing that struck me when we first had our conversation. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to post this or the link to it under the audio portion of this episode, but you guys did not have like an ugly workplace, so to speak. Like it wasn't, you didn't have bosses yelling at no. you. You had pretty good wages. You know, it wasn't your typical, we need a union because the company sucks message. Right. No, not at all. I, and I guess some people don't realize that the grass isn't always greener on the other side, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it wasn't as though you're jumping, you know, to escape something bad. Right. Which, which a lot of places that, that happens, but it didn't sound like that was the case with Trader Joe's. You just had some disgruntled people that I think you had mentioned that they were ticked off that they had to return from work or to work from the pandemic and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when they, when they returned from that, they definitely had a little bit of vendetta going on, which was unfortunate because we were the collateral damage. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a and, good word for it. Yeah. And the, you know, the union president has stated many times that they've been wanting to unionize Trader Joe's since like the day they started. They're, you know, a member of the Democratic Socialist, and this has kind of been one of their goals mm. since they started working at Trader Joe's. And so I guess they just finally caught on <laughs> at after the pandemic and with the stresses of the pandemic, that was like the moment that other people decided to latch on and then they were able to make it happen. Um, It's so interesting that you just said that because I've been obviously because of the posting of the articles on, on the website and all that stuff, the upsurge of DSA support with unions has really taken off over the last three, four years. And right. Yeah, you know, going back to like 2021-ish, I think I saw the first uh, Facebook Live video where they're talking about they need to have, socialists need to have the unions in order to a- enact the Green New Deal and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, we, you know, I don't really know anything about all that. And that's yeah. the sort of stuff that had nothing to do with uh, needing a union here or even what, what are they doing for us at the bargaining table? Um, I don't really, I don't know what all of that is, but it does seem that there's some sort of click or something, social media group trend or something where people are like, yeah, we've got to create unions. And then it's like, okay, what for? And, and what are you doing? Like, it just, I don't really know what their goals are. Well, it's unionizing for the sake of unionizing for a larger goal. Of what? Green New Deal, socialism, all that stuff. It goes Hmm. back literally 100 years, but it's just, it's, it's really taken off in the last three years, I guess, four years, maybe. 
Interesting. Interesting. I, and I think uh, like Trader Joe's retail wise, you know, pretty much always comes in as one of the top places to work, you know, sometimes beyond behind Costco or sometimes in front of Costco and uh, based on pay and, you know, customer happiness. And it's quite a feather in the cap if there's a big union that could capture Trader Joe's and, you know, spread the virus. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was one thing we didn't quite understand either is if we've got, you know, a really good, if the union was able to get a really good contract starting where Trader Joe's is now, then that would obviously benefit any other grocery chain that's connected with the union, you know, or if they affiliate with maybe like the grocers union. Um, So it, it makes sense to me now why the big unions would be interested in getting Trader Joe's unionized. Well, you're non-union competition to them. So you're, right. you're taking market share from the UFCW, for example, United Food and Commercial Workers. Right. Which is yeah. interesting in that it's not the UFCW that's gone after Trader Joe's. Maybe they have and they've failed, but... I Yeah, I don't... I've heard that people in... The Boston area, we're getting calls from UFCW. Um, yeah, I've heard this from other sense. crew members in the Boston area. So um, I don't know if they're affiliated somehow or if that's just the UFCW trying to get the Trader Joe's under their union instead of the one that, that's happened in our store. I'm not sure. And if I remember right, there was a Colorado one that was being courted as well. Oh, yeah. I can't. I think it was Boulder uh, was being courted by the USFC around the same time as uh, Greater Joe's United lost their first New York store. Yeah, I think, if I recall, they lost in Colorado. I'll have to look that up. Uh, Yeah. No, they, yeah, they, yeah, they canceled the election. Right. Right. So I guess they knew they were going to lose, so then they just canceled it. Right. So the media just picked you up on Saturday with your your recent decertification efforts. Have you gotten other media calls? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. Another another article just came out today, and uh, there's a couple more in the works. And, of course, this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll probably get this posted on Thursday of this week, just based on the way my week's going so far. But what I'd, what I'd like to do, though, if you can keep me abreast of what's going on and I'll keep posting the articles, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a fascinating study of what happens. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely keep you up to date. And thank you for, for helping us get our uh, side of things out there. Sure. Well, Michael and Les, Trader Joe's, thank you for coming on Labor Relations Radio again. Thank you for having us. So that was Michael Alcorn and Les Stratford from Trader Joe's in Hadley, Massachusetts. And as I mentioned during the episode, I am going to include some links under the audio portion of this episode so you can listen to the first interview that we did, as well as some of the articles that have been published. In any case, that wraps up another episode of Labor Relations Radio. I'm your host, Peter List. If you want to reach out, you can reach out on Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter. 
at Workplace Report. That's at Workplace RPT. Give us a call at 1-888-668-6466 or leave a comment under the audio portion of this episode. Thanks for listening and have a great week. I'm just a man living a one-ass stand to tell you what I need. Oh, Black Creek, take me to You have been place. listening to Labor Relations Radio. Hey, Labor Relations Radio listeners, this is just a quick reminder. If you enjoyed Labor Relations Radio, make sure you share these episodes with your colleagues and make sure you and your colleagues visit laborunionnews.com and subscribe to our News Digest.